Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number three, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Justin. Scott. And Andy. We're four devilishly handsome guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. Tonight, our toy of the week is the Bowen Designs Giant Man statue, and our discussion topic is accessories. Do they matter? Welcome to all our listeners. Guys, welcome back. How is everyone? Yeah, just doing fine. Thanks, Ben. Very well, thank you. I'm good, thank you, Ben. All right, excellent. Here we are for episode number three, and I think in podcast anniversaries, that surely makes us veterans of some sort. Or if we were at Marvel, we'd be on episode 2.1 by now, I think. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, all I, right. I, can, I, can I say something before we go on? Certainly. I watched the premiere episode of the Green Lantern animated series this morning. Ah, as did I. Did anyone else see it? Yes, I saw it with my little fella as well. Uh, what did you think? It was pretty good. I, I thought it was good, but I, I thought that the animation uh, looked like Handy Manny. <laughs> Have you seen Handy Manny? That's yes, got to be animated by the same people. It'd be like Handy Manny if the tools killed each other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was. It was. I thought it was great. I thought that the cartoon that played Carol was much better than the actress that played her in the movie. Um, uh, yes, but yeah, that's hard to argue with. Hard to argue with. But the the animation is just a different style. But it's almost kind of like a preschooly sort of style that didn't quite match like killing because there was actual killing in it. So, but I, th- I thought it was pretty good. What did you guys think? No, I really enjoyed it. I, I was a bit taken by the animation as well. At, at times it actually felt a bit Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, anyway, that's, that's my divergence, but that's, that's what I did today, so that's how I am. Excellent. Well, that's very good. Thank you for sharing that with us, Scott. I, I like to share. If folks are wondering, there are actually five of us, but only four per podcast, and this week Eli has the night off. I hope he's making the most of it. Indeed, indeed. All right, then, let's get things started with some articulated news. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Now, these are just stories that relate to the things we're interested in, so please don't rely on us for a comprehensive toy news service. So, guys, what's gotten your attention on the interwebs this week? I think, Scott, you've got something first. I do. Initially, the news that I was going to talk about was um, Hot Toys starting pre-orders for their Nick Fury Hot Toys from the Avengers movie, um, which they did open up this week. Um, But it's turned into something a bit bigger than that because right after they opened up their orders, showed us the, the Samuel Jackson face for... Uh, the Nick Fury Hot Toy, which I have to say is another, you know, fantastic Hot Toys photo likeness. Um, they then did a sneak on Facebook 
of all the other Avengers figures that they're going to release for the new movie, including Hulk. Uh, that was huge, wasn't huge. it? I mean, that's that's an amazing announcement. It is. And, you know, it's obviously been the topic of a lot of discussion. You know, we've been wondering, hoping that they would do it, um, but wondering whether or not they could actually pull it off. But by, you know, we didn't actually get to have a real look at it. Um, but by sneaking it, we saw that we are going to get, you know, the new additions of the characters that we would have expected, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow. Um, we knew we were getting Nick Fury already, but now we saw that we are going to get Hawkeye and that we are going to get Hulk, which is really exciting. So um, that that's a great bit of news. Um, I, I'm trying to negotiate with my children now which one of their non-vital organs we're going to sell to be able to buy daddy his new toy um but uh i'm definitely on board i'm definitely on board yeah it's a it's a huge announcement i mean one of the things that concerned me straight away was i wonder how far apart they're going to space these releases uh most people are likely to to get all of them so you know ponying up that kind of money for that many figures in a short period of time uh that'll be very interesting and i mean it's pretty obvious that the hulk is going to be a huge seller uh i mean i just took one look at the hulk and just thought wow this is that figure is going to be enormous Um, i I do i hope that uh, they um do you know it'll be interesting to see what they do about the exposed joints because obviously there's a lot of skin happening there um, whether they're going to try and cover those up with something, you know, if they do, I hope that it's something um, that is, you know, flexible, but also the material that's going to last and not weather um, and age, because obviously it is going to be a really expensive piece. So, you know, I think about something like um, the the DC Universe Swamp thing from from San Diego last year, um, you know, exactly. that that those joints are covered up, but the material they've used to do that to me is not going to wear very well. Um, and obviously we're yeah. talking about a low end figure as opposed to a high end figure, but I, and I'm sure they thought of it and I'm sure that we shouldn't doubt them, but that's probably my one concern about the amount of money that I'm going to have to fork out for. Um, this is that I really hope it lasts. Exactly. I can just say, if you look at Hot Toys engineering on uh, recent figures, muscular figures like um, the Schwarzenegger Terminator or um, the Barney Ross from the Expendables, I mean, they're still exposed joints, but they're really well concealed now, the way they do them. And I think I reckon they're going to impl- apply the same sort of method to the Hulk. Okay. And um, they're not obtrusive. They don't look like ball joints. They're really well engineered. And I'd, I'd say they'd steer away from from the, uh, the rubber joints because um, a few years back when they were doing their alien figures, they were doing rubber joints and it caused a lot of backlash because a lot of them were deteriorating. And um, obviously Hot Toys are really trying to stay on top of the market and their engineering's proving that. So I reckon you'll find it'll be the same sort of same style as those muscular figures they've been doing in recent yeah. times. You, you have to yeah. think it's something that they wouldn't tackle if they didn't know that they could do it really well because people obviously want it, but they want it done well and they expect it at a hot toy standard. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Well, that's right. I mean, there's going to be very high expectations for this. But um, did anyone else, when they saw the uh, Samuel L. Jackson figure, just hear the shaft music? <laughs> <laughs> Was that me? You didn't hear the shaft music from, like, the John Singleton film? I mean, really, oh. if, if he came with a swap-out well, head without an eye patch, it would just be sharp. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard well, that the moment that he first came on you know, screen. I, I have to say that as much as I, I like this toy and I'm going to buy it, I have a hard time suspending belief to buy him as Nick Fury anyway, just because he's just such an iconic actor who always plays himself. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I think it, it's so intertwined with who he is that it kind of doesn't matter. 
Yeah. And, and am I counting six sets of hands? Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, that, that is yeah. one thing I was before yeah. it became a you know just an Avengers news item. That was one thing I was going to comment on was that there are so many hands, so many hands, which leads you know well into our discussion later about whether or not you actually need that much extra stuff. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Great. Great stuff, Scott. All right. Moving right along, Justin. Okay, so this is probably about a week late or so, a week and a bit. Um, just going to have a look at quickly at the um, new Masters of the Universe classics that are coming out. Um, so if we sort of go into the order that I have here, the first one, which is the June sub, which would be, or the quarterly variant rather, would be Snake Man at Arms. Um, What's that? Well, well he comes from... Mm. We had the 2000X series, the cartoon. Um, it was cancelled after episode 39. Uh, episode 40 would have seen Man at Arms change into this uh, this Snake Man, and he would have been uh, his allegiance would have been to King Hiss, uh, and it would have gone on that variant. It would have been a major plot device had the um, cartoon carried on. Interesting. Um, yeah, there's a copy of the comic that they work from the plot that's on He-Man.org if anyone's interested. It's there, and they can see what they were going to do with that character. Yeah, Justin, going uh, looking at the Masters of the Universe line, you've been um, pretty, um, pretty devoted to that line. Now, they just keep cranking out figure after figure. Um, based on the history of Masters of the Universe, how far would you say they are along? Like, how many characters would they have left to do? Well, we well, I was going to say we. <laughs> they have uh, filmation characters now as well. So, I mean, the sky's the limit. Okay. However, knowing Maddie, um, you know, are people going to put up with everything that goes on, and are the subs going to decline over the time? So, I, I have to I mean, say for ca- myself, you know, based on not just my ordering experiences this year, but also on the character selection that I'm seeing coming, I really can't see myself buying a, a subscription for 2013 you know there are definitely still some figures that i characters that i want but i'm prepared to take the well i mean we'll have to see and you know what they do to kind of pull you in um but you know there's enough coming out now that i really you know am not interested in that i'm starting to be feel more prepared to take the risk on um just the sale day or just ebay prices rather than having stacks of ones that i have to resell because i don't want them but it must be insanely frustrating for collectors who are waiting for characters like Ram Man and instead they're getting, you know, Jeff Johns-inspired laser suit Larry or whatever his name is. Um, it is hugely frustrating. <laughs> but I guess they know that, I mean, Ram Man's the one that's on the, you know, was on, I was thinking about when I said that before, but they know as well that if they don't stretch that out, that people will... Um, start bailing, you know, if if they feel like they've gotten what they want. My concern is that it'll fall over before we get those last few characters that you really feel like you need to exactly. have a, you know, quote-unquote complete set. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's the worry for everyone um, because, like you said, snake men-at-arms. The... <laughs> <laughs> I might as well say blue men-at-arms. Right, yeah. It doesn't, it, it matters naught. Don't, don't give them any ideas, Justin. So yes. you guys, as Masters of the Universe collectors, are you happy also with the announcement of uh, characters like Froster and Spycore and the accessories? Um, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm, the main characters from 
uh, Princess of Power, I don't mind so much. I drew the line at the Bubble Power variant or whatever it was called. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. This is just getting a bit weird, but I just I stayed away from that. It is frustrating, uh, Ben. They got, uh, you know, you look down the line at what they have. Frosta, yeah, uh, she's there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like mind those. Bottles, I, I um. You know, I think that there are that on both sides, both on the He Man side and on the Princess of Power side, there are, you know, they're starting to really scrape in some of the things that they're coming in. And some of them are great. Some things that you, I look at and think, oh, I'll be selling that for sure because I don't know anything about it. You get them and then really like them just on the merit of the toy itself. Um, and, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's okay too. But yeah, yeah. It, it is, it is starting to get a bit patchy. It is. Yeah. All right, we'll move it right along. Thanks, thanks, Justin and Andy. You've got something. I have indeed. Mine's actually sort of trailing back to uh, Toy Fair as well. One I forgot about the other week. Uh, Biff Bang Pow. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all, but um, they're, they're coming out with some pretty creative uh, licenses at the moment. And the ones that got me excited were the uh, Mego-style Battlestar Galactica figures they're doing. I just noticed these the yeah. other day, actually. I didn't catch them in the Toy Fair coverage as well, but I, I just saw them the other day. Oh, I think they look no, fantastic. They do. Uh, one, the one that's really got me excited is the Cylon Centurion. Yes. Now, you know, all you, I know all you guys are big fans of the, the more recent series of Battlestar, but nothing beats the original Cylon no, for me. No, no. It, you know, the, that, that look is right up there with the classic Star Wars Stormtrooper as far as I'm concerned. I love yes. them. Always yes. loved them. I grew up on these guys. And, you know, this is one figure I'm really going to pursue because he's it's just brilliant. I hope he's got his weapon. That's all I hope. Maybe yeah. at least his rifle. See, that wouldn't bother me. Be nice <laughs> too, but, yeah. have, have you guys actually watched the original series on DVD, in particular the bloopers? Never watched the no. bloopers, no. No, no there's some... Oh, there's some fantastic bloopers. There's actually quite a, a good piece on the, the origins of the Cylons and their, their costumes. And most of the guys that were Cylons were actually basketball players due to their height. They got these guys who were all in the vicinity of six foot six to sort of seven foot tall to play Cylons to make them more menacing. But okay. apparently one of the side effects of wearing that helmet is that none of the guys could actually see. <laughs> so they would start the scene and they would just say to this guy, look, take six steps forward oh and point your gun in this direction and just pretend you're shooting and we'll take care of the rest. And there's these great bloopers where you'll see this, these, this group of Cylons walking and the guy at the front trips and falls over and then it just starts this domino effect. There's four or five more Cylons. They all just trip so over because like like, they basically can't see. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it really is quite amazing. And it takes well, away some of the magic. But... Well, it, it couldn't have been easy with that one eyeball just bouncing backwards and forwards in your well, skull. Yeah, I, I have hey, a hard enough time seeing what so. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, question yeah. about this line, though, yeah. this, this, yeah. these Migo-style figures. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, given that Mattel has recently pulled the plug on their Migo-style figures, and, I mean, that's featuring very prominent superheroes who are current, um, you know, Biff Bang Pow, I'll go ahead with these figures based on a license that's fairly old. And even the new Battlestar Galactica is, has sort of faded out of... Um, the mainstream now. Do you, do you think this is going to be a hit for them? I believe it will be. I believe it really will be. Um, they, they, it's, they don't do large quantities. You know, they're not a mass market thing. I mean, they're aimed at the collectors. But if you look at what they're doing, they're not just doing the Battle Star. They've also got the Twilight Zone covered. They're getting into Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, that's right. They're and, doing um, a lot. They, they... Uh, Venture Brothers. 
Yeah. They've done Venture Brothers already. Venture Brothers has been out for a while because we've actually given away a Venture Brothers Big Bang Power figure yeah. as a prize at, at Action Figure Blues. That's yeah. right. So they've got some really good licenses. I mean, you know, they are for hardcore fans, but I, I reckon they'll do really well. I, I don't know if you noticed in their Doctor Who, they've even done a Dalek to go with them, which I think... Oh, wow. But alone, that's going to sell heaps. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Sell so I, I think they're onto a good thing. I really do. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks very much for that, Andy. Yeah. And Justin, you had something else. Oh, yes. Just uh, something that came up on uh, Toy Newsy during the week. Um, this sort of uh, Evil Dead um, Ash uh, figure just came out of nowhere. And, and you look at it and it's very intriguing. It appears to be like uh, black and white. But uh, also, there's I can see articulation there at the at the ab, and in his in his bicep and wrist as well. Uh, with it almost base. looks like a bit of a prototype, doesn't it? It does. If it, it, on that page, you scroll down further, there's an unpainted uh, prototype just underneath. There's a picture underneath, but um, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, something yeah, I actually well, learned. Like 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 that. Um, that. Even you can. Sorry. Is it is it a black and white figure? <laughs> Well, that's what I'm trying to determine. He has Have you guys read the comics before? Because he has a grey streak in his hair. I'm just wondering what that, that's from as well. Mm. My understanding, and it's something that I actually learnt this week, is that the Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness are actually two different licences. <laughs> yes. So they were actually produced by different film companies. So when you get the rights to do Evil Dead, you don't actually get the rights to the Army of Darkness or, or all three films. So Right. Do you know, I have not so, seen any of those films. Oh, these are definitely uh, not Scott-friendly no, films. I, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Well, maybe the third no, one. No, no, I'm, I'm too little. I'm too little. I, you know, yeah. Army of Darkness is pretty cheesy. It's, it's not quite on the same level as Evil Dead films. It's good fun, but, yeah, it's not on the same okay. level. Ben knows my, my tension level in films. It's like kind of, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids. I can, I can cope with that just, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, excellent. Okay, well, right, that wraps up Articulated News. We'll be right back with the Toy of the Week. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk. You can make them do their thing. Even make Spider-Man slide down a string. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each week on the podcast, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. It's a bit like show and tell, except we force you to use your imagination or resort to pictures on the internet. These might be new releases, or we might talk about interesting items from our collection. But this week, Scott has our Toy of the Week, so over to you, Scott. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm going to be talking today about the latest statue from Bowen Designs, which is their Giant Man statue. Now, if you follow the Action Figure Blues blog at all, you'll know that I am a big fan of Bowen. Um, I started off with some of their mini busts um, and have slowly graduated into their full-size statues. Um, one of the things that I really like about the, the Bowen pieces are that I think Randy Bowen has got a very um, similar idea in his head of his favorite incarnations of a lot of the characters as 
I do. Um, and, you know, he, he really likes the classic stuff. He is producing a lot of characters or versions of characters that we simply would not see anywhere else. And um, in, in a volume that you can really build up groups of characters. And I particularly um, try to collect all of the Avengers and X-Men um, pieces from Bowen. Now, they are going to town with Hank Pym at the moment. Um, they have produced two different versions of Ant-Man's statue, one that was uh, a deluxe version with different heights, a shrinking version, and then just a, a standard with just the full-size Ant-Man. They have done Yellow Jacket. Um, they also have two different versions of Goliath coming out, both the, the Hank Pym and the Clint Barton versions. Um, and then they've got, they're starting on a similar train of different versions of Wasp as well. So um, they certainly have not ignored Hank Pym when they've gotten to him. Um, but this is definitely the, the biggest, and some might say, you know, the, the one that they've been looking forward to the most. So this Goliath is 21 inches tall. Um, it is basically the size of a, a Sideshow Premium format. I've actually got mine up on top of my um, display cabinets at the moment where I have some Sideshow Premium formats, and he fits right in. He's the same size. Um, it's sculpted by Jason Smith, who has done a lot of bone work lately. Um, he is a digital sculptor, so I, I actually did a bit of research on him and found his blog. He's a, a game designer, actually. He works for Sony and then does um, digital sculpting for Bowen and some DC Direct on the side. Wow. Yeah, and, wow. Don't, don't you hate talented people? I know. People? It's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, and when I looked into it, he um, has actually done quite a few Bowen pieces, including a few of my favorites from last year. Um, he's done Gladiator, Mystique, Psylocke, and then last year, two of what I think were two of the best um, Bowen pieces were Beta Ray Bill and Banshee. Um, and oh, yes. Beta Ray Bill is just fantastic, and Banshee's a, a pet yep. character of mine, and I thought that he did a smashing job with that. Um, and, and like I said, he is a digital sculptor. So basically, um, what these guys do is they use obviously 3D um, design programs, and then the design is digitally printed, so by a 3D printer, and then painted. And um, I remember a little while ago, and it might have been back when Psylocke came out, that there was some discussion um, over at Statue Forum, which is where Randy Bowen hangs out, and you know that they're quite uh, dedicated to his work. About you know people talking about the difference between digital sculpts and um, you know the handmade sculpts, and some people saying they really didn't like it or they thought there wasn't enough detail. I I've got to say, I can't tell the difference. No, I have to agree. I, I think the yeah. Uh, the, the new digital sculpts that are coming out uh, are just stunning. I think most of the guys use a program called ZBrush, oh, right, yeah. which is just fantastic. And in particular, going back to Beta Ray Bill, I saw the original designs that Jason did for Beta Ray Bill, and I know the Marvel guys came along and said, oh, look, can you just make him a bit thicker, just broaden his chest, thicken his biceps? And for someone like him to just go in and do that in ZBrush in, in sort of a couple of hours, I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's the future, basically. Oh, well, it was interesting because Randy Bowen mentioned himself um, – I just saw the other week where someone was asking him, you know, what they thought the future was and, you know, what sort of future he saw in being able to continue to produce these things. And, you know, he basically said that he think, can see a future where what you pay for is you pay to download the, the file to print it yourself. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is getting all Star Trek replicatory, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but um, and, and actually, I've been ch chatting to another Bowen 
um, sculpture about possibly doing a, a commission for me. And he, he, oh, wow. and he is a, a digital sculptor who basically that's what he would do. He would, you know, um, send me a file that I could then take and get digitally printed. What I'm going to have to look into to see whether or not that will actually work is how I can get it painted because obviously I can't do it. And I have to make sure that I can get somebody who can to make it worthwhile. What I do think that the digital printing thing does is opens up um, lots of possibilities, not just in terms of commissions, but also edition sizes. So, you know, for instance, the giant man that um, we're meant to be talking about, we will be talking about in a moment, um, <laughs> uh, was an edition size of only 600. Um, and, you know, Bowen's been doing a good job with that. But obviously the smaller edition sizes mean much bigger production costs. Whereas if the company didn't have to factor in the production cost. If that was over to whoever bought it, then, you know, the, the possibilities of characters that we can't get that we might be able to is pretty exciting. So I'm definitely um, excited about digital sculpting. So what was the recommended retail on this, Scott? I think it was US 299 And that... That's actually not bad when you look at the sheer size of the figure. I mean, most of the other larger scale characters like Beta Ray Bill, the guys who are just sort of physically big and imposing, they're sort of getting right up to the 240 250 or even 275 So $300 is actually quite reasonable when you, you get this bad boy in your hand. It is. I, I think, um, look, overall... I am pretty impressed with this. I think that um, one of the things I was going to talk about, which you just touched on, is in terms of value for money, some some people criticize Bowen because they do the bland pose. They call them the museum pose. You know, that some people say, I don't, you know, I'd like a bit more action. I like to, you know, have something uh, happening a bit more. I actually quite like the museum poses simply because I like collecting groups of characters. You know, I like to yes. have the Avengers or X-Men or another group and um, having them in those museum poses means that you can display them together, which is what I want them for. Having said that, exactly. I do think that this pose is really on the bland side in terms of like he's just standing there with his arms in his side. Um, so, you know, when, when you put him up against those, the sideshows, I've got him up at the moment alongside my um, sideshow premium four hat, She-Hulk and um, Bucky Captain America, your favorite, Ben. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, they're obviously a lot more dynamic um, and they're, they're a similar price, pretty much the, the, the same price. So, you know, I think there is a, you know, maybe an element of fair criticism in those poses when you get to that price point that maybe you would want something a little bit more. Um, but it, it is a great statue. One thing that I was surprised by right away was that the figure itself is all in one piece. You know, when I, when I was thinking about, okay, 21 inches, this is a lot bigger than a normal, you know, Bowen piece. I wonder how they're going to do it. I bet it's going to be, a, you know, something that locks together with, you know, half the, half the body. But it's not. It's all one piece, um, which obviously makes it a lot more sturdy. It makes the box huge. <laughs> um, uh, actually, I might just uh, – I've been collecting statues for long enough that I remember the early days of statue boxes when you didn't get this really neatly vacuum-formed polystyrene um, cavity to hold your statue. I mean, some of my early statues basically came wrapped in these giant sheets of bubble wrap and just stuffed in a huge box. Um, so I was actually Sounds like some eBay sellers how... I bought from – well, that's exactly right. But I really was surprised at how small the box was. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So for what it could, in terms of the size, you know, the amount of packing, what it could have been, um, you know, it wasn't as big for for a Bowen box. I think when I was thinking about how it was going to come, you know, I was thinking, oh, they, they'll they'll chop it in half just because of you know what your standard Bowen box size is. So, but you know, for for a Bowen box, it's on the larger side. Um, okay, while you're fun. talking about the styrofoam, one thing which I do have noticed about a couple of the recent Bowen um, pieces, I don't know if this is a cost cutting thing, is that there's no indication on the styrofoam which side is up. Yeah, did you that's notice something that? I've also so, noticed. You know, I have. Yes, they they yeah. used to obviously they used to um, come just with up on one side, um, and then for a long time they've been coming with a nice Bowen logo on the top. But um, a couple I had the other week, I think it might have been the Jocasta and Polaris statues, and then this giant man as well are just plain, so I don't know if they've done that just for cost, but it does always make me worried that, oh, I'm going to open this upside down. Um, but anyway, we got him out. We got him out safely, and it is a beautiful sculpt. It's very muscular. Um, you can really see all the definition in it. He's got the, it's the, the classic giant man gear, including the antenna, which... Um, you know, are sculpted in something a little bit more pliable so that hopefully they're not going to snap off if you just bump them, um, which is something I'm always worried about because I'm so uncoordinated. Um, and Now, um, Randy, Randy Bowen is pretty much known for having just phenomenal paints on his statues. I think it would be pretty hard to argue uh, against that, that they're, 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 anyone can do it better than Bowen. So paint-wise, how does he stack up for you? Um, look... I don't know. I think if, if I'm going to quibble anywhere, it's going to be with the paint on this. It's not not the the quality of the paint. Um, Bowen has had a couple of issues. I, I agree Bowen's got great paint apps. You know, you can count on Bowen to be a lot more consistent than Sideshow, for example. Um, but they, they've had a couple of issues lately more with busts in terms of painting eyes and have, getting eyes on straight. Um, uh, but full size has been pretty consistent with that. There's no quality you know issues with this paint it's clear the lines are clear everything's crisp i think that there's something maybe a little bit overdone about the dark wash on the red sections for me that you know they do that obviously red is difficult to show muscle definition and so that's why red often gets a, a wash but the wash on this maybe is just a little bit overdone um and uh maybe a little yeah <laughs> I mean, if, just to clarify for people who are sort of trying to understand the, the concept of washes and that, the the giant man, he the the wash is kind of I think it's done, uh, it's applied with an airbrush, and they've taken a darker shade, and they've obviously airbrushed the recesses to sort of really bring out the definition. But I think the problem you have is the reason why you you do this effect when you you paint things like this is you're actually creating artificial lighting. Yes. Um, I mean, these guys, they don't have this two-tone costume. I mean, Giant Man's costume is just red. So it is a form of artificial lighting, but I, I'm not sure it works on something this big. Did, did you think that as well when you saw yours? I don't mind it. I think the colour they've chosen complements it pretty well. Um, I'm Overall, I'm pretty happy with mine. Um, I I noticed there were a few sort of lines where the the joins of colours was there was a little bit of slop. Um, look, I know these things are painted by six year olds in China, so I'm, I'm prepared <laughs> to give them a little bit of leeway. Aren't you um, but no, look, I, I don't have a, a problem with it. I, I'm pretty happy. Cool. Um, it, the other thing that I really like about it is 
the base, um, it's it's small. You know, it's it's big enough to provide it with proper support. But again, mm. you know, I think with something like Giant Man, if you're getting him, you're getting him to display with your other Avengers, and you want him to be yeah. able to stand behind them and not take up, you know, stacks of room. Obviously, this guy's going to take up a lot of height on a shelf, but he actually is not going to take up a lot of you know, space on the shelf. Um, it, the um, base is a, you know, just a kind of slightly oblong rectangular space that doesn't take up much more than the the width of his feet. So I was really happy to see that um, it's not overdone and it doesn't become kind of a feature in itself. Um, it's just got the one foot peg, which I was pleased to see. Um, Bowen's been doing two like, pegs on both feet for a while now, which um, does give a little bit more stability but they can be hard to actually fit in and obviously a statue yes. doesn't have a lot of give so i've had a couple of issues where i've had to really you know, feel like i'm starting to actually put pressure on these legs to actually fit them in so i was pleased to just see the one the one peg um but you know i, I guess for me it ticks a couple of boxes it's a it's a great effort but it also is something that in order to make a avengers you know collection complete um, with Bowen, yeah. you need this piece, and now um, you know you're getting very close to being able to have a classic Avengers there. There is a classic um, like you know, first appearance Wasp coming, um, which is a, like a mini statue in a flying pose, which will be great. Um, and there are a couple of other uh, full size Wasps coming as well. So um, that yeah. side of the Avengers is looking pretty good, Bowen wise. Great, thanks, Scott. Um, we mentioned last week, we talked about, are you out as a collector? And uh, I made it pretty clear that I don't really care what people think of me. So uh, last week when I picked up my Giant Man statue, I walked up to my local comic shop, which is within walking distance of my workplace. And I picked up my Giant Man, expecting it to come in the, the standard brown shipping cardboard container. But for some reason, my local comic shop doesn't tend to keep mm. these. So I walked out of my local comic shop back to work with my Giant Man under my arm. <laughs> Now, it was actually amazing. By the time I actually got back to my workplace, I work in an office building with a large foyer. Uh, it was lunchtime, so people were coming and going, and I ended up having several conversations with people uh, before I finally got back and was able to put him under my desk. Um, now, I think my two favourite were uh, for one person who actually didn't know me but engaged me in conversation and was asking about what it was that I had under my arm, I explained to them what it was and they, they were quite fascinated and they said, oh, that's interesting because when I first saw it, I thought it was a Halloween costume. <laughs> so, <laughs> which was quite interesting and I think, you know, giving me credit for uh, starting my Halloween planning in Australia yeah. In February. Well, we don't really do Halloween, um, but anyways. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but my second story actually took place in the uh, the elevator when I got in uh, with um, a work colleague who, who knows me pretty well, and, and he asked me what it was that I had there, and we had a conversation. And he laughed and thought it was very funny because he said, when I first thought it, when I first saw it, I thought it was a blow-up doll. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know, at first, yes, uh, like you guys, I thought that was hysterical. But on on, um, on reflection, I thought that was a little bit odd because it makes me wonder what my work colleagues think of me that I might be carrying a blow-up doll through the workplace at lunchtime. <laughs> indeed, <So>. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, uh, any last comments on Giant Man? I'm pretty happy with no. it. Very good. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks very much for that, Scott. Well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Alien. 
Feeding the Addiction, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. So I'm actually going to start by throwing over to Justin. Okay, thanks Ben. Uh, now we're all aware of the uh, relaunch of uh, Marvel Legends that has happened in the past uh, little time. They've been showing up in real, at retail in the US. Um, it's all very exciting, but I've taken this time to uh, sort of fill a few holes in my collection, and I was lucky enough to come across um, Avalanche. Oh, good now, find. Yeah, he, he, from memory, didn't make it to Australia. He was in part of the X-Men Classics line that came in about 2008, I believe. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, from Series 3. So I think you were pretty lucky to find any of those guys at retail, in Australia, that is. He's a good-looking figure, too. Uh, he is. He's great. I don't know if this is a specific um, arc, story arc, where this costume comes from, but I didn't realise until I actually had it in hand how detailed and how much I like this version of um, Avalanche. He's uh, really good. I, I didn't get the base, but from what I've seen, I'm not missing much there. Sort of like a, um, a nail brush sort of thing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you wind it up and it uh, moves very slowly. Ah, you see it there. Yes. Yeah, and the other one, the other Marvel Legend I got my hand on was the uh, white version of Sasquatch. Um, he on the secondary market, he wasn't too hard to get. He, he pops up on eBay all the time, but I was able to get him for five dollars, which was good. Very nice. Um, Justin, are you, are you um, seeing more kind of activity around Marvel Legends auctions now that the relaunch has happened? Does that cause people to do what you're doing and go back and fill holes? Or um, I'm not too sure. The, the hard thing on eBay Australia is that they, they group Marvel Legends in with Marvel Universe as well. Uh, so it's it's really hard to get a reading about what, what's popular. I know that this, the ones that we expect to fetch... A, uh, a price is still there, Hulkbuster, um, Iron Man and all, all the original Deadpool and the rest of it. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, it's created some sort of interest again in, in the older, older uh, toy biz, um, Marvel Legends for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I actually wonder if we are going to get a resurgence um, in popularity and those figures that are already commanding big prices like Hawkeye will actually continue to go up because if Hawkeye was to feature in a future wave of the new Marvel Legends, he's almost certainly going to be in his new sort of ultimate movie regalia. So those fans who are, um, you know, who love the classic Hawkeye are more inclined to add the originals to their collection and that means he'll be even more sought after. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think one of the the good things they did, they re-released Deadpool in those two packs. Before that, he was uh, ridiculously highly priced on eBay. Um, (laughs) The scalpers must have been just, you know, just tossing and turning over that one. Crying into their Deadpools, yeah. (laughs) But uh, 
it's 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 a funny time to be sort of at that uh, thing again. It's sort of exciting that um, they're coming out, but like you said, with you're right about Hawkeye as well. I guess we probably will get the movie version or even the I think the dark dark Avengers Hawkeye as well. In, ah, in yes, some time the that's come out. Probably. Yeah. yeah, he went to uh, <laughs> he came out in Marvel Universe, I believe. So. Now, speaking of the white Sasquatch, do you just consider that to be just an odd variant of the normal Sasquatch, or do you consider that to be a snowbird incarnation from Alpha Flight? Yeah, well, it actually forced me to do some research because until that time I just thought, oh, he's a really cool-looking character. I don't go after variants that much unless it sort of falls into my lap like this did. So he'll be on the shelf grouped with what we have of uh, Alpha Flight. And uh, he'll be standing next to the the regular uh, Walter next right next to him. But <laughs> speaking of which, some some Alpha Flight love would be just oh, fantastic. fantastic, so overdue. Yeah. And yeah. and if we could have a better guardian without that terrible blue wash that the the last one got, that would be great. <laughs> yes, I agree. If someone could do a puck for me, that would really save me having to customize one because it's one I've agonised over. But there are, puck is actually coming in Marvel Universe. So it's good to see that, you know, at least he's on the radar somewhere. Um, so maybe yeah. he'll make it into Legends after all. Yeah, I think people were hoping that the, uh, that puck that was coming out in Marvel Universe would be big enough to be a stand-in, but it's been shot down that, no, he's way too – he's, well, small anyway, but way too small to fit yeah. in with that grouping, yeah. 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 And Justin, you've continued your um, your adventures with the Lego minifigures. I have. We're up to Series 6 in Australia. Um, I have all of the past series. Um, the thing I like about this is that when I go to Target or Toys R Us, it's a group effort with my kids as well, so it looks like, like some sort of uh, big weirdo <laughs> filling around. And <laughs> Buying toys? Having, How, why would that happen? <laughs> having staff do the special code over the, uh, the uh, announcement. You know? <laughs> and, and the kids enjoy it as well. They go, oh, Dad, which is one? I can feel this. It must be the alien. I go, give it here. I'll have final say in this. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. You've, you've found the alien. <laughs> do you ever which cheat or do you ever look up the codes on the internet or anything like that or you, do you play the game? I, I look up the codes. I cheat. But <laughs> having said that, the past two series, very, very hard. I think they've cottoned on to what's going on out there and they've made it uh, quite difficult to uh, read the codes. So... Yeah, you have to really um, go for a feel around. But just with these, it'd be so interesting if they could get the license for Imagine they could do a Star Wars line of this mm. and have them box the same way. It, yeah. uh, it'd be really you know, interesting for them to follow those sort of lines. So and... what's your success rate been when you do have to, to feel? Ben or Justin? Uh, the Lego figures, the Lego figures, you dirty, dirty people. I think Scott's referring to you, Justin. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, pretty good because they've, they, they're quite specific in their body shape and body form. Okay. Um, sometimes they double up with the guns or so forth in the packs, but it, if you're sort of clued on and you've got a bit of an idea of how to do this now after six series, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you should be an expert by now. <laughs> so do you find that with your your duplicate figures that your kids are able to trade them with their friends or what happens to the duplicates? 
Oh, it, well, I have a four-year-old son, so he's just he makes up his own stories as he goes along. <laughs> I, we've had a really good uh, success rate. We've we've only ha- got a couple um, that are the same, and my yeah. wife doesn't buy me anything to do with any comic situation or any collection. Uh, <laughs> Things whatsoever, but this year for Christmas, she she bought me uh, mini figures. And you know, when you get that thing where you you someone buys something for you and you go, well, I've already, I've already, it's very sweet that you've done that, but I've I've already got that whole series. But I'm going to open these up and say thank you very much. And we had four sumos. It's <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, oh, do you have those ones? <laughs> Uh, you just say yes and smile. I have an army now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I actually must admit that for Christmas, uh, I got quite a few of the um, the Kid Robot South Park blind boxed packages, and uh, I actually got four of them. And I was opening them up, and I, I got a duplicate of Cartman, who now sits on my desk at work. And um, I opened the last one up, and it was actually Butters as Professor Chaos, who is the super rare figure and I was sort of jumping around the room like this eight-year-old kid at Christmas. <laughs> you don't understand what this means. This is Professor. He's the hardest one to get. See, one, one thing that I – blind box uh, package things are one thing that I am able to avoid because it's too much like gambling to me and I know yeah. that I have an addictive personality and if I start something, I can't stop. And so I'm able to avoid that because I know that I would, you know, if end up buying lots of extras to, 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 you know, to get what I wanted if I had to be completist in it. So it's actually taken quite a lot for me to actually um, resist getting these figures. I I see the new waves when they come out and they, they're just amazing. And you you know, can count off at least half of them that you'd love to have. And uh, I just do everything I can to avoid well, you actually do better than us, Justin, because my son wants never wants the whole series, but there's always select figures from each series he wants, and our, our strike rate is shocking <laughs> to the point where we now, we start filling the packets, and I look at him, and we, he looks at me, and he says, I don't really want them. <laughs> we just give up, because we are really bad at it, and I'm just looking at this new series now, and just the, straight away, you'd want the, the Roman soldier and the Highland battler, but whether we'll actually get the courage up to stand there and fill all the packets and Hope to cross we get it right. Well, yeah. time will tell. <laughs> that series, the Statue of Liberty, is I think the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Oh, well, thanks very much for that, then, Justin. Great. Well, um, oh well, I'm a pretty uh, quick and easy week this week. Um, Bow and Giant Man was the only thing I added, so uh, I might actually hand over to you, Scott. Besides that blow-up doll that you don't want to talk about. Right, is it? That's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I pack into a giant man box. <laughs> well, I had quite a quite a big <laughs> week actually. Um, I got the Kotobukiya Bishoju Poison Ivy, um, which is actually fantastic. Um, you know, I've been uh, collected all of the Bishoju um, Marvel statues, but I've actually just kind of stopped being completist with that. I'm not getting a couple that are coming out because they've mucked around with the scale. Um, and I, it's, it's made me feel like there is a a dropping off point there because they don't look that like they all go together. Um, but the DC, um, 
Bishoju's have been fantastic, and Poison Ivy is brilliant. Um, the the base is is really bland, um, which kind of looks a bit out of place. But it, it, I think it's actually the best DC Bishoju yet, and I loved the Wonder Woman. It's it's really detailed. Um, it's the green Poison Ivy, which I don't really like, um, but just the the sculpting of the hair of the the plants that she's controlling. It's really clever. It's a beautiful piece. Um, I also got the new Marvel Select Green Goblin. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to unpackage him yet because I just got him from my comic shop at the end of the week, so I'll talk more about um, him later. Um, I got the Masters of the Universe Star Sisters. Ah, yes. Uh, <laughs> my dollies. It doesn't seem to be too many people in favour of this no, set. Look, I'm not... My comic shop um, very kindly do, like, sales on consignment where you can... They won't take everything, but if that you know, something that they can fit that they don't already have um, toy-wise, they will put it in for a while and, you know, take a small cut if they sell it, um, but they'll, they'll sell it for you. And um, Star Sisters is going to be going up there. So if you're in Melbourne and uh, you want the Star Sisters, give me about a week and I'll have it at All-Star Comics for you. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> plug, plug. Um, but, yeah, it's just not it's not my thing. I, I you know, don't mind the, the, like we were saying before, some of those characters but um, from the Princess of Power thing, but it's not just, they're not actually, to me, they're not quite in the same scale as the other figures. And um, they're just too girly for me. I, I, they are very uh, girly, aren't they? Have you got yours yet, Justin? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just feel enthusiasm, can't you? Yes. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yes. <laughs> so you're as excited about them as I am? I am. They're at the back of the shelf. Uh, <laughs> I can see them from here and that's yeah. about it. Are, are they a slightly <laughs> smaller scale? Uh, there's Scott. There's something just weird about them. I don't know. If they come to life at night time or what it is. But yeah, no, not 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 a big fan. And then just yesterday, I finally got, but have not had a chance to open my box of the new Marvel Legends from our friend Mike. But I don't want to talk about them too much because it will make Ben bitter because he hasn't got his yet. Um, uh, that is- he started on priority mail from the United States. <laughs> we, we have these competitions <laughs> about like when we get stuff sent at the same time. Um, you know, good, good old good old post office. Eli and I, when I was living in Canberra, Eli and I could send each other things at the same time, and it would take whatever he sent me sometimes a week longer to get than whatever I sent him. You know, so there's no once you get into the international um, vagaries, it's not. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah. the tracking is terrible. That's the frustration that we, Ben and I, have both had with this box that we've been waiting for is that the tracking's not reliable. So I'll be able to talk about them in a future podcast. I haven't opened them yet, but I am really excited about them. Yes, I think the uh, sea turtle that was carrying my box got you know caught in one of those international currents. <laughs> Maybe it was and, a monsoon. And then in New Zealand or yes. something like that. So, all right, well, anything else, no, Scott? I think that's a pretty big, a big week for you. Week, yeah, for me. <laughs> Excellent. All right, uh, Andy, what about you? I'm going on a bit of a different tack this time. Um, anyone that uh, hangs around Action Figure Blues will know I'm in the process of uh, building my new room for my uh, collection to be displayed and for me to do my customs and what have you. And part of the day call was uh, what to do with the ceiling. Um, and what I was originally going to do was going to line the ceiling with some um, props that I acquired from my time in the movies. But uh, I decided it's not going to fit in with the decor. So what I wanted to do was line the ceiling with, with posters of things that matter to me. 
Um, I managed to pick up one while I was with Ben down in Canberra last weekend, and I found a couple of movie posters from movies that mean something to me. But what I'm actually asking for help from our listeners and you guys as well, I, I am really struggling to find posters of, say, the Perez era, era Justice League or... or um, Anything Silver Age, there's plenty of Batman posters out there and eBay's flooded with them and quite a bit of Greenland and heaps of modern stuff. But as I said, I'm looking for Silver Age, I'm looking for um, preferably some Perez um, League pictures of posters. And there just doesn't seem to be much out there. I came across one guy who had a really nice poster and had um, all Silver Age covers on it, a really good selection of them. And they only wanted... I think it was like 11 or 12 bucks. But um, for some reason, he, he was in America. For some reason, he seemed to think it had cost $64 to ship it to Australia. <laughs> for a... Sure. <laughs> well, I, won't be get, I won't be getting that one. Mm. So, yeah, I'm sort of... This is, this is one of my little projects at the moment for my addiction. But I'm really struggling to find anything. So I'm open to suggestions. Um, one... Anyone come across any good poster deal? Yeah. I mean, there's a there is a good website that I look at sometimes um, called allposters.com, um, and mm-hmm. which you know does have a a huge comic section. Um, I I'm just kind of scrolling through the Perez section at the moment, and for its pages and pages of his Marvel stuff so far. So I wonder if it's a licensing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is a real struggle. I find it, you know, if I wanted the Adam's Batman stuff, I could flood my whole house with it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite bizarre. You know, the, the first comic book that I ever had um, that my dad got me one day when I was sick, um, I didn't realise until much later in the piece, um, was yeah. actually a uh, George Perez Justice League cover. Um, which has actually, it's been on a calendar, I can't remember the issue number now, it's to early 200-something. Um, yeah. And uh, it, uh, is, okay. it's, it's a really, you know, stuff that you, it's taken, took me years to actually reconnect um, that, oh, that was George Perez, because obviously I had no idea at the time, but his, his, his Justice yeah. League stuff is pretty iconic, isn't it? It is, indeed. Yeah. And that, that's why I'd really love to have some of it just done. Um in this room, but yeah, it is, it is a real challenge. So, you know, anyone that's listening, if you know of any places where I can find some of this stuff, by all means, write in and let me know so I can feed my addiction. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it. I haven't bought anything else. I haven't ordered anything else yet. I'm still waiting with bated breath to see what pops up this year, but nothing as yet. Thanks for that, Andy. And if no one has any other items to report, let's move on to Red Carded. What is this bizarro world? Okay, we're moving on now to Red Carter. This should be self-explanatory for anyone passingly familiar with football, and by that we do actually mean soccer. It's a chance to poke fun at some of the WTF moments we have in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or something even worse. And this week, Scott, you have one for us. Well, I've just put up at the Action Figure Blues blog my review of DC Universe Classics Wave 19, and it struck me as I was fin- um, reviewing and photographing those pieces um, that I think not only is there a really big fail in that wave, but I think 
perhaps the biggest fail in DC Universe Classics, and that is the Stargirl figure. And so I've nominated her for our red card of the week. Um, now, can we just get a quick show of hands? Does anyone disagree? That's a, that's a great way to um, survey people for radio, Ben. Yes. <laughs> I didn't hear any, anyone disagree. <laughs> um, the, the issue is now I have always um, ragged on the female buck for DC Universe. Um, I think it's really quite dreadful. The arms are spindly and horrible and the, the lower torso, the hips – um, are a bit too wide. Um, it, if you turn it in profile, it looks you know, like way too thin, like it's you know, something's kind of landed on it. Um, but paint can can do a lot to to cover that up, but it can also do a lot to expose it. And I think it's really finally come unstuck with this figure uh, because the. It's just paint that's been used to show the bare midriff on Stargirl, and because of that um, slightly over-exaggerated hip area, basically she looks either pregnant or like she's been eating way too many burritos at the JSA cafe. Um, you know, it is it is just shocking. She looks like teen pregnancy Barbie or something. Um, I think the saddest thing with this figure is that the fans made their feelings very clear very early on in DC Universe Classics in regards to the female buck. It received a lot of criticism early on, and Mattel have done virtually nothing to correct oh, it. Well, yeah, they've done nothing full stop. You know, it is a, um, it, it's something that you kind of think that not only have they not given us um, different bucks for different size females, but to not address, you know, those issues has been a, a pretty big issue. Uh, but, you know, it is something that I, I, mean, I really like this character. I'm definitely predisposed to like a Stargirl figure. Um, not wild about the head sculpt to, to begin with. It's, you know, there's been some weird things happening with mouths in this line. Too many kind of, mm. you know, open mouths or cheesy grins or whatever. And she's got the braces thing happening and... I can see what they were trying to do with this figure, but it's just not a it's it's not a pass for me in any way. And when I look at the abdomen and that bare midriff, to me the the paint just needed to come down a little bit further to take that optical effect away. And it, it's amazing to me that this could have passed quality quality control. That at some point somebody must have known. They must have known by the time this came out that. It, it was bad. Um, so, uh, you know, it's such a disappointment. It's great that she was in the same wave with Stripe um, and such a shame, though, that it's just a mess of a figure. I, I think it's almost a case of it was too late to go backwards. They had it in their hand and they thought, oh, it's too late now, we have to get moving, we'll just have to roll with it as is. Um, Justin, you've got one of these figures. What do you think? Yeah, everything everyone has, has already said. The, um, the midriff, it, it's sort of, it, when you look at it, it looks like a protrudes <laughs> it almost seems too big for that body and yes. with with the ab crunch section it, it's sort of like it's it's i hate to say this it looks like it's fat yeah. coming down up under the um under the sort of top section there it's all, uh, all of that ab crunch section needed to be blue the the, the, yeah. the shirt needed to come down below the ab crunch in order to make it work but but even yes. so it still even looks like um, the her her kind of waist is hanging out over. Her, oh, it's just terrible. 
I know, that's exactly what I thought. I, as soon as I saw it, I thought, well, congratulations, Mattel. You've given me the first ever action figure with a muffin top. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's wider than a belt and it's definitely wider than a hips. Ah, so it's not just mine then. So yours is like no. that too, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, and this is the only full wave of DC Universe Classics I've bought, and mainly because I wanted Stripe and I wanted Sandman and I wanted Atom. Hmm. So it just made more sense to buy the whole wave. And when I got this 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 thing out, <laughs> just, thing. she doesn't even she's she's got the belly line, but she hasn't she hasn't even got a belly button. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but nearly all the joints on mine are seized. I don't, I don't even know that App Crunch works or not. But it's just it's just a really poor figure. So I'm just yeah. going to say I'm going to steal a couple of parts off it for custom, and the rest of it's going in the bin. <laughs> Because yeah. there's just no use yeah. for it, and I think the figure is really evident. Uh, like the, the just the the quality and appearance is really evident when you put it up against the DC Direct version. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Which yeah. is the version I'm using with my stripe. Yeah, and and what what really um, gets me about a figure like this that just needed a little bit more is that then in the same way, if you have a figure like Magog, who has you know, had a lot of custom tooling and who, to me, I wouldn't have cared at all whether we got that version or not. You know, if, if, if they were going to make a Magog, I would have much rather had the Kingdom Come version than this than, than this version. Um, so, you know, when, and, and he looks great. It's, you know, the tooling's great. They've done a great job with it. So it's like, it's like this is just phoned in and phoned in really badly. All right. Well, let's not waste any more airtime on this tragedy. <laughs> and uh, Stargirl, Mattel, congratulations. You get our red card of the week. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Okay, moving on to our second feature segment we've imaginatively called Topic of the Week. This is an opportunity to do a roundtable of thoughts, comments, opinions and outbursts of a nominated topic. And this week it's a topic that I think came out of our first episode where we started talking about accessories. So tonight our Topic of the Week is Accessories, Do They Matter? So, guys, accessories, they come in all sorts of shapes, sizes, and relevance. Um, I guess we get uh, those accessories that you might call critical, such as Thor's hammer or Cap's shield. There are those nice-to-haves, such as Green Lantern's lantern. Uh, and then I guess there's the total bonus accessories, such as a Build-A-Figure part. So, accessories, do they matter? So, how about we start with a quick yay or nay? Justin, do accessories matter? I think you covered basically everything that I was going to say. That like the the <laughs> iconic, uh, uh, you know, Hawkeye needs his bow and arrow. Um, yeah. The worst uh, thing I had with this was uh, Masters of the Universe, the the two thousand series. I, I have a, a tub full of stuff that just just sits there, and uh, I feel guilty, sort of like I'm uh, damaging the environment by holding onto some <laughs> plastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got you're a bit sort of fifty fifty. What about oh, yeah. you, Scott? I have a bit of a conflicted relationship with accessories. I have a big box that I call the black hole box of unwanted accessories and forgotten builder figure parts. Um, I, I'm good at holding on to them. I never throw them away, but I am not good at keeping the non-essential accessories with the figure or keeping track of who they belong to. So, you know, I think that the the bigger accessory sets, the non-essential accessories 
are lost on me. So if I had to say yes or no, I guess I'd be saying no. Ah, interesting, interesting. Okay, Andy, what about yourself? Accessories, do they matter? Ah, uh, well, when you come down to your basic six-inch action figures, I think it's essential, as you guys have said, for for a character to have their essential thing. Um, mentioning Stargirl before, she's got to have her cosmic rod. You know, she can't be without it. Um, you know, Thor's hammer, etc., etc. But um, when you talk about, and let's face it, I don't know if any of us collect them at all, but when you think about all the movie toys, you know, you think about all the, all the older Batman movies and, you know, you had these Daybo coloured Batman and everything else and they had a sled that turned into a hang glider <laughs> that turned into, uh, you know, a, a, an underwater submarine. And uh, what the hell would you do with that? <laughs> Sunny day out of Batman summer. with his beach ball. and <laughs> That's right, you know, you know, it was all the same accessory overload Batman. And, you know, um, those accessories, if you actually wanted to collect those figures, they're, they're, they're just clutter. They're quite literally clutter. But when you get into when you get into the bigger stuff like the sideshow figures and hot toys, etc., you know, um, you do get a good load of accessories. But if you're like me, you put them in a cabinet, you find a cool pose, and there they stay. But um, the variety of accessories you get makes it an individual display, I suppose you'd call it. When you you know when you've got so many options, even though you're not going to be continually posing them, it's nice to have the option. You know, the, the option you don't have with the statue, that's why I don't collect statues, is because I like to have the option in how I display them. Yeah. So in the cases of those guys, I think it's important. But in the smaller action figures and what have you, no, I don't think it's um, it's vital. You know, that's interesting what, actually... you, what you were just saying about, you know, statues, because maybe that's why they appeal to me, because I don't, you know, I, I'm not somebody that will, you know, for instance, change the way I display something. So you know, with a, with Hot Toys figures, I definitely appreciate the um, accessories and options for the price point, mm. but, you know, I can't see myself ever, you know, kind of deliberately saying, right, I'm going to swap over to this pair of hands now or, you know, change this part of the uniform. I will choose the bits yeah. that I like and that will be the way that it will be displayed forevermore. So yeah, maybe, that's you know, maybe that's why... You know, I like collecting statues because I'm not that. That's not an issue for me. Yeah, well, that's okay, that's yeah. that's fair enough. Um, mm. All right. Well, let me uh, put this to you then, Andy. You've got yeah. the Hot Toys blade now. The Hot Toys blade oh, comes full, yeah. fully kitted out. He's got everything you can possibly imagine. Now, yeah. would would you rather pay fifty dollars less and he only comes with his sword, or would you pay the full price to get all the accessories? In a case like Blade, I'd pay to have all the accessories. Wouldn't even be a thought. Basically, um, as, as it's getting close to the point where I'm going to be putting him on display, I'm really agonising over which weapons I want him to hold. I mean, he's pretty, he's a pretty cool example because, you know, he's, he's got all the stakes, you know, strapped around his leg. He's got his gun hanging under his armpit, you know, inside his jacket. So you can put a lot, hang a lot of accessories on him, which, of course, is part of his cool look. Yeah. But, um, what you actually pose him with, you know, it, it's nice to have the options, but I'm going to agonise over it, and I'll probably, every few months, I'll probably end up changing his pose and what he holds, but it's nice to have that option on a high-end figure. Yeah, okay, well, let's, if we scale it back down to the six-inch figures, Justin, you're a, a, as big a fan of Marvel Legends as I am. If, if in future waves we were to get figures such as um, Fire Lord, you know, one of Galactus's former heralds, um, how important is it that Fire Lord would have his staff? 
pretty important, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. At one, like we we're going back before, that's an iconic um, uh, look for Fire Lord. I, I don't think I've ever seen him without his uh, mm. the staff in his hand. Um, but I can see the point you're trying to make as well. Um, so yeah. you say the same thing then for the Wrecker and his crowbar? Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. yep. yep. What about if the recommended retail price came down a few dollars per figure and a few, certainly if you're a, uh, a purchaser of a complete wave, bringing that wave down by sort of maybe 15 or $20 by losing the accessories? Uh, well, yeah, I guess that'd be an individual like, basis. Like if, if you, yeah, it's Ben, you got me. It's a hard question <laughs> to answer. Because it I, is a difficult I, one, yeah. I've, I've been I'd like to save the money. <laughs> I would, you know, I those to me are essentials, and any any item like that that I do uh, that can be held by the character, um, yeah. I will always display with the character. So I'm not the kind of person that would be throwing Fire Lord stuff or Wrecker's crowbar into the, you know, box of unwanted accessories. They stay where they are. It's it's the kind of extras that they can't hold it. Yeah. Um, then mm. it's not um, it's not going to mean a lot to me. So an example of that would be um, I collected all the Art Asylum and DST Star Trek figures, which were great figures. Those came with a bucket load of accessories, which was great on one level, but actually it's made it quite hard for me to try and think about reselling them because uh, there were so many you know weapons communicators. You know, different p- bits and pieces, cats. You know, that kind of thing that yeah. um, that to kind of for for people that that do care about that, that would you know not want to buy something loose unless it had all the action figure, all the accessories. I can never put all that back together. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we, so we've pretty much agreed then that the the, the must do accessories are, um, you know, we all we all want those. But Scott, you're a big collector of the Marvel Select figures, so. They come with some pretty impressive accessories, but um, could you forgo the front gates of Xavier's Institute <laughs> for higher learning, for example? Absolutely. Um, I think the you know, Marvel Select's an interesting line to mention because the, the price point is a bit higher. Um, the packaging is huge. And one of the things, I guess, that is a, a signature of the line is the, the bases or kind of diorama pieces that they come with. But most of them, to me, are – they're not essential. You know, they are – they take up space. They, they make it too hard for um, you to actually display um, the figure, and so I don't use them, and I've got them all in a storage, you know, base somewhere. Um well, one that came out recently that I did like was the Magneto base. You know, he's kind of standing on top of, like, you know, the ruins of the Xavier School and you know, that sort of thing. That you know, when when they can stand on top of it, it's not taking up extra space. Great, but things like those gates, the um, danger room pieces, etc. You know, I don't, I don't have space for them, so yeah. I would rather pay five bucks less um, for just just the figure than than have those. Okay, well, I have to confess, I'm pretty accessories mad. I, I love accessories. I love that the Marvel Legends shield agents come with automatic weapons. They come with pistols. Uh, I just love any of that kind of stuff. But the one figure or one character I've always been a bit blur about is, has got to be Batman. Um, I've never really been particularly interested in the batarangs or the, the grappling hooks or the grappling gun or, or anything like that. Um, mm. what, what about you guys? Yeah. If you can't hold them, then nope. 
The only cool accessory that I'd have to disagree on, I don't know if you've ever picked up the the one that came with the bat signal. Ah, yeah. that was an accessory. That was a great one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. See, that's an accessory you can't hold, but it's mm. it's almost as you know, if if everyone had the choice of getting one for their display, they they would. So yeah, good pickup. Oh, you know, Excellent. something like that that I that I do keep around is the when DC Direct first started doing six inch figures, they did a whole series of um, two packs that came and there were ones like Penguin and Catwoman and Batman and Robin and they did a, a Silver Age Superboy and Silver Girl, Silver Girl, Supergirl um, that came with a Welcome to Smallville sign and that has always stood in the back of my kind of Silver Age Superboy and Silver Age Legion collection and, you know, things like that I think have got you know, some, some definite merit because they can fit into a display but they don't actually take up a lot of space. So I would put the bat signal in the same category. Yeah, I mean, okay, so oh. sorry, go, Andy. No, I was just thinking, well, you guys were mentioning DC Direct and I primarily collect DC Direct figures. Um, as far as accessories go, stands, where, how do you guys feel about them? I mean, Ooh, their, stands are pretty, their stands are pretty massive. I mean... If you look at the Watchmen one or the Justice series, I mean, those things are huge. Oh, huge. I mean, I love the figures, but all those stands go in the bin. <laughs> they're, just, they're just massive. Take up yeah. way too much space on a yeah. shelf. I have to confess, I have literally hundreds of Marvel Legends figures on display, and of all those figures, just one is standing on a base, and that is my custom Thundra figure, and that's because I used a base figure that was a DCD Power Woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's got that weird one foot where she's just on her tiptoes. Okay. Yeah, so, and yeah. because she's rather top heavy, she doesn't stand well. And so my Thunder figure just has no hope of standing on her own. But other than that, no, my bases go in the uh, <laughs> go in the, the black hole of accessories. The yeah. DC Direct in some of their later figures have started using just a, a black disc for them to stand on. And um, those I, I quite like. Um, but ones that take, you know, the Justice were the worst example of just, you know, real estate hogging for for absolutely no reason. Um, yeah. But the, even their kind of bigger plastic disc ones that came with all of the Green Lantern videos, I mean, they're great for DC Direct. You do sometimes need the bases because they don't have ankle articulation and that can make the figures harder to, to actually stand on their own. Yeah. Um, but I'd never use a base just for the the sake of having the base there if I didn't need it. And yeah. if I do, I want the smallest and least obtrusive one that I can get. Yeah. Yeah, well, I picked up years ago, um, you're talking about those little round black ones. I just picked up years ago a whole heap of the same thing, but they're clear. Mm-mm. And so they, you don't notice them on the shelf when you do have to use a stand for the figure. And um, yeah, I can't remember where I got them from, but I bought, I bought a whole stack of them online somewhere and, you know, if you do need them, I reckon they're the best option. Yeah, I have the three and three-quarter version of those clear discs. I use them for my Marvel Universe um, because Hasbro did a great thing with Marvel Universe where the first couple of waves came with no bases and then they started making a great base for each one that had the character's name on it and now they've stopped. So I use those clear bases because a lot of the Marvel Universe do need something to help them stand up and I think they're great. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've pretty much agreed now that there are accessories that are must-dos. They're those ones that the characters can hold and the ones that are iconic to the figure. And we kind of agreed that if it's an accessory that's not 
sort of particular to the figure it's being included with. So if it's not Cap's shield or Thor's hammer, then uh, it's pretty much a bit of a dead, dead duck. But there was one line of action figures I was thinking of that came with a lot of accessories that I think just made the line. And um, I think that has to be Palisade's Muppets line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The accessories that came with those figures were just sensational, and uh, I just uh, I can't believe they actually got as far as they did uh, into the line before you know the company finally went under, mm-hmm. um, because there was an astonishing amount of individually tooled accessories for each of those figures. It was amazing. Those things are just nuts on the secondary market, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They are. Like I, I never collected them. I've often looked for just my one favorite character, which is Roth, the piano playing dog. Um, yeah. And I, I just can never justify the price simply because mm. I know I'm never going to have any of the other figures. They are so, so hats off to everybody who managed to get them when they came out. Yes, I've only indeed. got one. Yeah. I've got the Kermit dressed as uh, Indiana Jones style Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great figure. Yeah. 20 bucks at Parramatta Fair. Oh, very nice. Oh, no. yeah, very so. nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that was some. That was an interesting conversation, guys. And I think we're all pretty much thinking along the same lines. So, any last thoughts? No, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we're so comprehensive in our main discussion. It makes me feel warm, warm and fuzzy. That yeah. Uh, well, I think I think we there. actually covered uh, you know a fair bit that from from the, the larger scale down to the smaller scale. So, you know, I think we did a good job. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We're going to take a bit of a break now, and then we'll come back with feedback and close. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're going to move on now to our feedback and close. We've had some amazing feedback. We really are quite humbled by the amount of emails and and posts we've seen in forums regarding the podcast. So we're actually going to have a bit of a read through a couple of them now, and I've got one to kick off with. So I'll I'll just give a bit of an update that we got from Kirk, aka Casey Carter from Critical Mess Forum, and <laughs> Kirk. Mentioned the uh, mentioned the podcast and he was quite enjoyed it. But the one thing he actually did mention was a correction from episode one, and that is when we were talking about the Marvel Select Colossus figure. Yours truly mentioned that it was a, a homage to the cover of X Men One Twenty Two by John Byrne. But as uh, Kirk actually pointed out, it is not John Byrne; it is actually Dave Cockrum. So Oopsie. thanks, Kirk. For- <laughs> Pointing out to all and sundry that I was actually incorrect. So, all right, and uh, moving on, I think Andy, you've got yeah, one. Sorry, just to interrupt. That it is interesting, isn't it? Sorry. How um, you know, like we've we've had a couple of those. You know, kind of come in. Oh, you got this wrong. I got I got the name of a character wrong. And um, you know, I guess it's gratifying at least to know that people are listening. But it just shows how you know, even when you you think you've got everything right, things can just slip through. It's a interesting part of the process so far. It is, yes. So, yeah, please do keep, life, yeah, do keep, uh, <laughs> do keep providing feedback and telling us where we're going wrong. <laughs> Our self-esteem really, really needs it. And my parents were married. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, moving on, Andy, you've got one. Yeah, we got an email from uh, Rod, who's uh, known as Marvell on Critical Mess, um, a board that all you guys are members of, but I'm actually not. That's okay. uh, We like you. Very helpful. We like you anyway. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard enough keeping up with fun forums. Anyway, Rod wrote, Hey guys, listen to the cast today and I'm really enjoying them. My favourite part has to be the outtakes, where it's evident how much fun you're having. (laughs) My favourite as far as programming, hearing what you've added to your collections. This leads um... me to... Sorry. I'm just sorry. I was just going to insert there. That sounds like he's giving us permission to uh, spend more money, so we always have something new to add to our well, collection. We owe it to Rob now, right. don't we? We don't want to. We don't want right. to let him down if it's his favorite bit. So yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, sorry, Andy. Please continue. Uh, yeah, well, that's it. I'm going to tell the wife now. I just bought this because Rod said oh, to. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This leads me to something like a suggestion. I'd like to hear what your individual areas of highest interest are. Andy is an Aquaman fan, but not so far a Lego fan. No, no, never, never. <laughs> well, Andy, when he refers to Andy there, he's not referring to me. He's actually referring oh, to right, Scott. That's right, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, yeah. So um, that confusion is obviously going to keep going for a while as people get used to, you know, who is the real Andy. <laughs> okay. Each of you, I'm sure, have varying degrees of interest in Wait, Master sorry, of the Wait, sorry, who is the real Andy? I am. <laughs> Are you sure? Please oh, stand up. Sorry. I, I had the name. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> sorry, real Andy, go ahead. <laughs> um, where are we? Each of you, I'm sure, have varying degrees of interest in Master of the Universe, Star Wars, Amigo, etc. Maybe we'll learn as we go along. My other suggestion is along the same lines for a future roundtable question. How did each of you come to be fans or collectors? I'm especially interested since obviously the comics and toys aren't native to Australia. So is American culture so pervasive that doesn't matter? Are there native Australian comics? And is it offensive if I type Aussie? <laughs> no, it's not, mate. That's what we are. We're Aussie. That's all right. I think you uh, American fellas say Aussie. Aussie. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I know Andy. I know Andy is from America. Oh, sorry, that's me again. Like, He's talking about Scotch. Yeah, Scott yeah. is from America. <laughs> <laughs> but I gather the rest of you are not. What roles did movies and other media play, if any? Yeah, I think that's some um, that's some really good feedback. Uh, I think well, we did cover a little bit in episode one about what, um, why we are collectors and what what brought us to be collectors. But uh, the little bit about how we came to be fans and collectors, I know we did cover that in episode one, but, um, you know, Rod mentioned he'd be especially interested in learning sort of what parts of, uh, I guess, what we would call pop culture now uh, influenced us when we were were younger. So I think that's a really good topic for a a future It is. It is. And we we definitely can go into more detail about our own individual interests, and we do have some ideas about how we're going to cover that, which we're not quite ready to talk about, but hopefully you'll be seeing that bit shortly. Well, yes. he's uh, a bit about Native Australian comics too. I know Justin's a bit of an expert in that area, so that will be very handy. Uh, yes, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, he's sort of an expert, and yes, it will be very handy. 
Let's just say that Australian comics uh, don't really, (laughs) yeah, don't really marry up to American comics very well. Uh, If we look at, I mean, I I suppose it's if we look at the ones that that you guys would have had when you were kids, but certainly there is a a great crop of new indie. Uh, comics happening here in Australia, um, which is you know something pretty exciting that we could talk about at some point. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Anyway, so that... I just finished up with saying the shows have been great fun. I feel like I'm hanging out my LCS listening in. Best of luck, and I'll hear you soon. Thank you, Rod. Oh, thank yeah. You, thanks Rod. for that. Appreciate it. All right. I have some excellent feedback to mention. Uh, if you guys want to cast your minds back to episode one, we were discussing the correct pronunciation of a certain toy manufacturer. Uh, Marvel. Mar- well. Marvel. Sorry, it was Marvel. <laughs> Gee, Justin, get it straight. Sorry. Move on. Well, move on. Move on. I don't I... want to argue about this anymore. Just move on. Move on. <laughs> now, I have an email here from my new best bud, Leo Saracini from NECA. <gasps> really? And Necker <laughs> is the correct pronunciation. <laughs> now, he also oh, said that... <laughs> how, how did you get that? Also... Ah, well, I just decided... Um... Oh, let's just pretend he listens to the oh, podcast. Excellent. I like that. I like that much better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as I was going through the thousands of emails that we get each week... Oh, it's uh, becoming such a chore. That was the one that actually stood out. <laughs> Yes. Uh, What was interesting is Leo actually said that uh, about half the staff say NECA and the other half actually spell it out. They actually refer to the company as N-E-C-A. And he said quite explicitly that it is definitely not NECA. So there you have it, guys. And uh, I won't end this segment with an I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you get that enunciation out of an email anyway? Because he spelt it out for me. Oh, <laughs> so how did he spell it? Uh, well, he actually spelt it Necker, N-E-C-K-E-R. So that's how I knew oh, it wasn't Nika. Okay, and there you go. He okay. spelt cool. he spelt out cool. Nika. So yeah, so we've got the the definitive. Um, Necker. Yes, Necker, Necker. it is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds more Aussie anyway. That's, that's right. right. It looks it for us. Yeah. Necker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other feedback, guys? Um, One thing that I did catch on during the week is apparently um, King's Comics in Sydney is going to play the podcast in the background, amongst other things. So um, Uh, that's pretty exciting to hear. And if you're listening to us at King's or any other comic shop at the moment, hello, buy lots of stuff. Yes, King's on Pitt Street. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get picky. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for that. Okay, we're getting close to the end, but before we sign off with all the usual details, um, Scott, he actually has something pretty cool to talk about. So, mate, do you want to tell us all about it? I do have something pretty exciting to talk about, and that is our first contest on the Action Figure Blues podcast. Now, if you follow Action Figure Blues at all, you know that um, I like giving things away. We we love contests. We have a, a weekly Oh, sorry, not weekly. Don't take me. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have a monthly, thank you very much, comment contest at the blog. Um, we have giveaways and prizes throughout the year at the AFB forum. Um, and we thought it was about time that we did something here at the podcast. 
And to do that, we approached our good friend Mike, Michael Shaw from Mike's Comics and Stuff, who is the person who supplies our, our most of our prizes, and uh, just asked him whether or not he'd be interested in um, offering something for us. And he has come back with a prize box that will be the biggest and most amazing prize that's ever been given away on any channel of Action Figure Blues, blog, forum, etc. Um, when we got the list back, and we're not going to share it all with you now, um, we were blown away. So we thank Mike in advance for his generosity. Um, he was only too happy to help us out. But he has put a box together that contains um, a number of different things, including some Marvel Legends, some Young Justice, a number of different things. It's going to be a great prize to win. And to do it, all you need to do is enter what we are calling the Pimp the Podcast Contest. So we are obviously um, trying to get the word out about the Action Figure Blues podcast. We are pleased that there are so many people that seem to be listening and enjoying already, but we obviously would like to spread the word, so we're going to call on your help to do it. If you want to enter the contest, what you need to do is to do something to promote the Action Figure Blues podcast. So it might be a post on your blog or your website. It might be um, a post on a, on a social media site, on your Facebook page or your Twitter account. Um, it might be taking to the street with a sandwich board. We'll accept that as well, as long as you can get the proof and send it to us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. Between now and our fifth episode, so you've got two episodes to uh, do this, and we'll put some reminders up on the website as well. So if it's a blog post or something, just send us the link so that we can see that you've recommended us and um, what we will be doing in episode five is putting all of the eligible people anyone who has given us a hand and names into the hat and drawing all all eligible um, entries we will draw a winner winner randomly from that and you will be the winner of the first action figure blues podcast prize you will win mike's amazing box it is a pretty impressive prize, I have to admit. I, I saw the list of items that was included. And I oh, just, we, were, we were blown just, away. We were so yeah. – th- th- yeah. this guy, yeah. we've always known he's a great guy, but if you ever needed proof that Mike is a generous fellow, just wait till you hear what is in this box. Yeah. Now, Scott, can, can you do a little bit of clarification for us? Um, I was looking for the fine print to say that um, members of the podcast team were actually exempt from the competition. Uh, what's the deal members with that? Members from the podcast team are <laughs> not eligible. And, and, and their relatives and significant others and pets and um, domestic help, um, slaves, okay. yeah, et cetera. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay, well, you'll be getting my letter of resignation shortly. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, yeah, we, want, we want to spread the word. So anybody else, anyone, you know, if you, if you know us well, if you're a member of the forum, if you don't really know us at all, we don't care. Have a go. Let somebody know that you're enjoying the podcast. Well, let a few people know, hopefully. Send us the proof. And um, if as long as it's an eligible entry, it'll go in the draw and episode five will let you know who the winner is. Fantastic. That's just amazing stuff. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much for that, Scott. So, all right, and we'll take another quick pause and then come back for our wrap-up. Beware, the mutant-seeking sentinel. Target identified. Mutants apprehended. Want to mix it up, big boy? My adamantium claws will get rolled back. I've always had trouble with man. My optic blast will give him trouble. Firing projectile arc. Now, Sentinel, you will be defeated. Arc! 
Sentinel Robot Playset, and X-Men action figures, each sold separately. So that brings us to the end of episode number three of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. I did. Thank you very much. Oh, you met them. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab where you can subscribe directly to iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave a positive rating and review. And Those... if you're one of the nice people that did it before we had to change the feed, would you please do it again? We had we had two lovely five star ratings before we had to change the iTunes feed, and now they're gone. Ah, uh, they were probably probably me anyway. <laughs> we'll do them again. <laughs> okay, we'll making a note. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right. So while you're at Action Figure Blues, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there, and perhaps visit some of our sponsors, like the aforementioned Mike S, Big Bad Toy Store, and PopCulture.com, who help keep the site running. When we're not podcasting, blogging, and other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. You will find myself there as Fish Milkshake. You'll find Scott there as Andy. You'll find Andy as FB and (laughs) Justin as Night Owl. So we'd love to hear from you with your comments, suggestions. Uh, If you thought I did a good job hosting the show tonight, please let Scott know so that uh, I can go for a raise. Oh. And uh, if you have any comments, you can, you can have a double double your current salary. Fantastic! Right now. Oh, yeah, outstanding! Oh, yeah. that'll help out with Rod's yeah. suggestion of uh, buying more stuff. Absolutely. So, but anyway, look, we'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions, um, especially for toys of the week or discussion topics. Uh, you can do it by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFB forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter at. AF Blues and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thanks for your company. Thanks well for done, listening. Ben. Good hosting. Thank you very much. Good job. Good job. We'll, we'll do this again soon. So say goodbye, gents. Goodbye, gents. Goodbye. Thank you. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Bowen Designs Giant Man statue, and our discussion topic is Accessories, Do They Matter? Theme music, theme music. One take, baby, one take, baby. Doing a happy dance, doing a happy dance. I was actually about to say I'm a tiny bit bitter because I don't think I've ever managed to do the introduction (laughs) in one take. Um, You've been practicing all day, haven't you? And you even had me. I haven't. I've just always been a really fast reader. Oh. So I've... <laughs> All right. And if folks are wondering, there are actually five of us, but, but only four per podcast. Oh, fuck. All right. Three, two. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the countdown when you clounced laughing. <laughs> All right. Enough. All right. Three, two, one. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's absolutely fucking pissing down. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking monsoon. Can you guys hear yeah, absolutely that? Absolutely we yeah. can, yeah.
handsome and not class. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, far out. It's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> Especially with you, Mob. <laughs> I need to get a professional team. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice one. 